In previous installments of Jimmy Dean Keene fiction, Jimmy Dean Keene had made a trip to his father and stepmother's house in the Bayou country and discovered a few things about their tenant, his neighbor and recent acquaintance, new friend, Caroline Hebert Guidry. This one opens with her walking out of her cottage to discover him around the back of it in between her place and the neighbor on the other side, not his house, poking around and doing something with a measuring tape. He is the property owner's son and the landlady's stepson, as well as the only known felon that she would be comfortable poking around her place of residence. But nevertheless, she watches him for a minute and still needs to know, Jimmy, what you doing? Oh. Hey. I was just double-checking some numbers because my dad had written down these shutters were six feet. And that didn't seem right to me. And it turns out, yeah, they're eight feet. Okay. Well, thanks for looking out. Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry I didn't knock or nothing. I I just figured I would get this done and then get out of there before you'd even notice. Well, that's all right. You nearly got by me, but I saw Shadow up in the living room window and I got to wondering. Now, you're the one that's got good looking out because I bet nobody ever comes back here. Okay, good. I hope that you wouldn't think I was being paranoid or nothing. No, that's smart. Something occurs to Jimmy. She's a woman living alone. To be honest, I'd be on the lookout for me too. <laughs> I know. They had been walking closer to one another over the course of this exchange. They're standing together in her backyard looking at the back of her cottage. Jimmy has a retracted tape measure in his hand. He's gesturing with it a bit. I was also double-checking the paint job on this place because the last receipts that I saw, like the gallon amount didn't look right. I was hoping that they did the whole place. Oh yeah, as far as I know, they repainted the whole thing just before I moved in, so a couple years ago. All right, cool. I just needed to make sure because... I don't want them to be short-thrifting you. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. <laughs> far as I know, there's never been an issue or nothing. When I moved in, place was pretty darn spotless, and, well, they'd done an inspection right before, and nothing turned up, so... Okay. I'm gonna keep it that way. He looks at her. Then he reaches out and gently grabs her by the upper arm. Her face immediately shifts to something he feels is a little more serious. He's realizing he didn't really know what he even expected, but she doesn't either cower and react in fear or fight back and lash out in anger. She just makes direct, immediate eye contact and clearly wonders what he's doing. So he decides to get right to it. I found out that you're on the Section 8, so... Oh. 
Jimmy isn't holding her arm at that point, but he also hasn't moved his hand. But she also hasn't pulled away. He immediately starts trying to do some damage control, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. They didn't tell me. I saw it in the books. Okay. But then when I asked Darla, she said that, yeah, it was because you got hurt in that motorcycle crash. Caroline is still just patiently, evenly staring at him, and he realized that not only had he just manically, frantically dug a hole even deeper, he'd then backed up, taken a running start, and leapt into it wholeheartedly with both feet. He looks down at his hand on her arm. So I just wanted to tell you that everything I said to you before... I want to say double. You ever need anything, you come to me right away. Don't hesitate. Don't spend another penny of your money on this place. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, Jimmy pulls his hand away and puts his finger against his lip, but it doesn't stop him from talking. I mean, you can still get whatever bleach and sponges and stuff you want, but if you ever need, like, a floor refinished or you need a wall painted or, you know, much less anything structural or whatever, please, I'm here for you. Okay. Jimmy is relieved to notice that she does relax. She'd been softening slightly the whole time, and she doesn't appear to bear any grudge. Well, I do very much appreciate that as well, because, yeah, sometimes there are landlords that are, you know, touchy. And they feel like, you know, they're being put out if they got to do something for somebody. Yeah, exactly. And if they're like that, then forget them. You go to me... And I'll go over their heads. I don't really care. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't want to cause trouble between you and your family. No, I wouldn't. I really don't give a shit. I'm keeping them a good tenant? Yeah. I'm not gonna fuck that up. Okay. Well, you wouldn't either. Unless there was like... You know, I find a snake living in the roof or something. I'll tell you. I'm gonna be upset a little bit. But... <laughs> All right, you want me to check right now, make sure there's no gator under the porch, or... <laughs> well, I doubt there is, and frankly, even if there was... Mm. No, I don't know. Depend on whether or not it ate cats. <laughs> so, I already went right over their heads on something. I'm, um, I noticed you didn't have an air conditioner... So, I'm going to get you one, and whatever dent that makes in your electricity, I'm going to cover that, okay? What? <laughs> Why would you do that? It's hot down here. I don't know how I didn't boil alive last summer, except for the central air in there. I had to get that up and running, and it was like night and day. So, I'm not going to let you cook in this little oven right next door to me while I'm in this climate control bliss. Oh my goodness. So, the lord of the estate is become benevolent? 
<laughs> yeah, the Lord's son doesn't have any respect for that feudal bullshit anymore, and I want to mingle with the commoners. <sighs> They're both laughing at him now. That didn't come out right. There's nothing common about you. <laughs> well, I'm not offended. And besides, of course you mingle with me. That doesn't work for your family. She's walked over to sit down on her back steps. Jimmy's propped a foot on the bottom one. He's leaning his elbow on the railing. They're facing one another. Yeah, you have. And I live in your servant quarters, too. And you do that, too. You know, before I was in there, I guess there was a lady that had been there like 45 years or something. And I guess they had her doing some maid stuff now and again over at the big house. Yeah, yeah, they did. Ethel. And for that, it was the actual maid of the actual family, so. Yeah. But you're not the maid. Don't ever get that twisted. I'm not. <sighs> Carol. Jimmy glances around them. Then he looks back at her. And she gets onto this immediately. Jimmy, do you want to come inside for a second? Yeah, um, if you don't mind that, yeah. So she gets up. They walk up the back steps. She shuts the kitchen door behind them. Ah, so while I was in the books, I saw that you looked over their numbers before I got there. The fact that he's still talking in a tone of voice like he's concerned someone else might overhear them vindicates Caroline in her decision to have brought this indoors. Yeah, I did. Before I moved in here. Yeah. Jimmy rubs his face and his eyes look a lot more stricken than he really wants them to, but he kind of can't help himself. You did us one hell of a favor. She knows what he's talking about. And I owe you for that. No, you don't. You don't owe me nothing, Jimmy. But I want to. Okay. Listen. Do you want to come sit down somewhere more comfortable? Yeah, um... That sounds great. How about I come and sit on that sofa that you got that I like? Now it's her turn to touch him on the arm. She hasn't grabbed him by the bicep, but she's kind of cupped him just above the elbow, and they're walking together into the next room. She brings him in, helps him sit down on the sofa. She goes into the next room, comes right back with the footstool from an armchair, places it directly opposite, so she can sit on it and still look at him. Jimmy's rubbing 
his forehead and between his eyebrows. I wasn't about to snitch to the IRS on an old man. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it was good of you. I don't, I don't know what it makes me, but I don't got no loyalty to the tax man. Well, Darla told my friend that um, that Jim had a couple strokes. So yeah, he's uh he's kind of um going downhill a little bit. So, um, let's just say this wouldn't have been the first time, but it was bad enough it could have been the last time. So, Caroline puts her hand out. It falls in between them with her fingers out. Jimmy looks at it for a minute. Then... He reaches out, puts his hand on it, and he squeezes for a minute in between them. But listen, I'm not asking you to be complicit in any kind of crime, alright? No, Jimmy, I didn't think that. Because I don't know for sure that he's ever done anything deliberate against anybody else. What he didn't say is as clear as what he did say. What he done to you? Jimmy rubs his eyebrows. Let's just say I prefer to believe it was a mistake. And that when he told me that it wasn't, and that he didn't regret it, he was just, I don't know, making it up to be a tough guy. Because that would take a lot more work to forgive. She's looking at him with such concern that it actually bothers him on some level. I'm not trying to speak poor of my dad. No, Jimmy, I didn't think that. All right. Because, um, it happened when I was on the inside, and I wasn't there to do it for him, so I can understand and, um, it didn't cost me anything I couldn't get back. Caroline has never broken eye contact with him. So, Jimmy finally blinks. Glances away for a second, but then he looks right back. Him being vague was somehow even more devastating and immediate than if he'd been specific. So, she reaches for his hand again. 
he puts his in hers immediately and they give it another squeeze. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for um, taking care of this. And I'm back at it now, so I don't think you should have to again. Okay. Well, if you need me to, you know where I am. Just come and ask. He offers a smile brave, half-assed smile, but very genuine at the same time. After they've sat there for a minute in silence, Jimmy says, I really don't know how good I am at hanging out with other people or what good I can really do for them, but I've been really happy with all the time I've been spending with you lately, and you've been spending with me. So, whatever I can do for you, I want to do that. He looks at her, and they hold eyes. She squeezes his hand. I don't know if I'm any good at hanging out with people either, but... As long as you like it, then I'm happy to keep trying. Hanging out with you is a pretty easy time, at least in my experience. Not everybody's like that. Some people's difficult as fuck. <laughs> so as long as there's good times between us, I think we ought to keep it up. All right. It's a plan. Just, um, any time of the day or night, just knock on my door. Come and get me. You know where I'm at. Okay. Well, you come knock on mine, too. And if I hear you, I'm opening right up. He reaches out, puts his hand on her upper arm again. They're still looking into one another's eyes. This time, she doesn't question any of it or wonder what his motives are. She just gives him a smile, and he can't help but smile back. 